Reading Roulette.net. The orchestra is a program with Shahrazadi by Rimsky Korsakov. That's a lie. Because <laughs> like your guy's name is Jonah. Welcome to Reading Roulette, the world's only choose-your-own-adventure literary podcast. I'm Bill Lyon. And I am Brian Ward. And this week, choose-your-own-adventure number six, your code name is Jonah. Choose-your-own-adventure number six, your code name is Jonah. You know, did you look up Deception Island? I didn't think it was actually a place. It's a real place. Is it this one? No. It was a giant whaling place. Oh, might have been nice to put that in the book. A little irony there. That's probably where a bunch of whales ended up losing their whale lives. It also has the largest cemetery in Antarctica. Uh, this one? No. Yeah. It has 40-some graves. So that might be a nice place to take the Widow Dumont. Is it this one? something else to build that Deception Island has would have made maybe kind of an interesting thing in the book. Fucking sunken, sunken volcano. volcano. Dude! How could you not? How could you not have an ending set piece with fucking whales, KGB agents, possible nukes, all sorts of harpoon guns, whatever the fuck oh you have in here. Oh my god. Here. Instant floodlights bouncing off cave walls and shit. Ferraris. <laughs> Going up the cave walls. Oh, sunken volcano. What a missed opportunity. This sounds awesome. Doesn't that sound fucking cool? Wow. What a movie. Movie, that is. Oh. oh man, Free Willy Six. Uh, that's the one, Doctor. Heard something off. Free Willy Six and Volcano Three. <laughs> what is this called again? Deception Eyes. Those were amazing. I I have one fact, and I think this is not a fact. I think this might be completely made up. <laughs> My citation here is the internet. <laughs> this also might be a missed opportunity because this is 1970. A dead sperm whale on an Oregon beach was blown up with dynamite in an attempt to get rid of the decomposing corpse. They used 20 cases of dynamite instead of 20 sticks. Flying debris from the blast destroyed the roof of a nearby car and onlookers were covered with whale particles. I've heard that. I think it is true. That's like a Dave Barry or something. Because how do you get the whales off? That, that makes like a weird twisted sense. But just imagine that like the, just the guts raining down. And... I mean, you got the thing that killed me about this is uh, the onlookers were covered with whale particles. Why? Part of, I think use the word particle when it's animal, mineral, vegetable. It has to be mineral. You want gold or silver? I want cement. Like rock particles, wood particles, table part, mm. car particles, maybe plastic particles. You can't use particles for a living thing. Whale shrapnel? Yeah, I think you would say whale guts. Very well, I'll use cement, and then we'll all put our footprints in it. Innards. Or just whale. Whale, whale blood. Whale frickin' I, whatever. Spritzing. Whale dusting. I think you're anesthetizing the grossness you could really capture yeah, in that yeah. sentence by saying something instead of particles. Perhaps I ought to give you an anesthetic. I'm just gonna write to the authors of <laughs> kick-ass facts. <laughs> Change particles to guts or bloody gross guts. Yeah. Blow off the president to get on a diesel schooner. Russian double agent does nothing. Russian submarine sinks your sailboat. Life raft. Peace accord crap. Same damn peace accord crap. Save the whales. The premise is so stupid. As soon as you arrive at the White House, you are ushered into McKim's office. A tall, gaunt man in his late 40s, McKim relates to you that at about 9.30 yesterday morning, Maria Bitzner, the president's secretary, opened a new letter to the president from Dr. Claude Dumont. She put the letter on a table for the president to look at later that day. When she came back a half hour later, it was missing. Who had access to this room? You ask McKim. Only the president, his security advisor, Henry Timbers, and myself, of course. And of course, Mrs. Bittner. I do like that name, Harry Timbers. Yeah, who gives a crap? <laughs> this is the worst use of a secret agent ever. I've tried not to use that construction, the worst blah 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 of the blah blah blah. 
because I do that all the time. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's comic book guy. Maybe mm-hmm. I am comic book guy from The Simpsons. But this, I cannot think. Why would you have... Perhaps nothing knocked me out. He's solving... I think this is called in mystery writing terms a closed box mystery or something where... Very well, we'll give you guess. The room is clear. You have no idea yeah, how yeah. someone could have got in there. There's four suspects. One is the president. When did Hoffa die? I don't know. One is his secretary who brought the letter in. Yeah. One is the national security advisor or something. And then one is, I think, the first lady. I don't know. But right away, you're knocking out two of the suspects. You know, if the president is stealing his own goddamn letter. Now, take it easy, relax, and breathe deep. So you got... You got three people who could have taken this letter. Why are you calling in a secret agent to fit? What what's happening here is the president is going in and says, "Where's my letter?" And he's like, you're, "You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean?" He's t- brings all three of them in a room. "Where's my goddamn letter?" All three of you are getting, you know what I mean? You just, you're roughing them up. You're, you're searching their room. You're sending in like special forces to I don't know into their houses. You're threatening their families. You're getting that letter back. <laughs> and also, why does the president give a fuck about this letter? As we've talked about again and again and again, if, if this, the guy wouldn't have written it in the first place, if he cared about protecting these whales, which he says he does, and his wife says he does, and you encounter again and again why is he writing the letter and giving the secret of the whales away to this guy who was just gonna blow up the secret whale cavern who gives a crap <laughs> next time make a phone call yeah just make a phone call yeah. and no nobody's gonna answer that either Ugh. the president's desk there's no one in there you're just putting it on the desk there's something for the president's eyes you're just gonna leave it there didn't she say she puts it under an ashtray or like under a crystal bowl and the one guy's like I didn't even know there was a fucking crystal bowl in that desk <laughs> I think it's <laughs> like White House what do you mean uh, I I'm kind of I'm from a temp agency is this I'm in the White oh, I work in the White House what oh this wow. is awesome <laughs> yeah. do we get what are you gonna do I need to use the bathroom um it's like a who done it, but it's a who, 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 who cares? Yes, place the mask over his nose. And this is like less than one paragraph on all these pages. So, I mean, these pa- these books are like always 100 and whatever, 110 plus pages. And these are like tiny paragraphs on each page. You go, it's a desperate plot. Now inhale slowly and you'll soon be in dreamland. You go into each person and you're like, did you take the letter? And they're like, no. And then he's like, if you want to interview the next person, go to I don't. I didn't take the letter. Yeah. Oh my god. And and when he actually gets around to accusing the guy, he's like, how did you know it was me? He's like, well, it wasn't her and it wasn't him. <laughs> By process yeah, of elimination. So it was you. It's like the worst mystery ever. Wink, wink. Wait a minute, doctor. Wait a minute. Now just relax. <laughs> I'm a spy and I am trained in the process of elimination arts. Yeah. If you give me three options, I'm going to kill two of them and I'm going to know it's the third. I saw G. Gordon Liddy climbing out your window <laughs> and that's how I had a hunch. Fuck this section. Bye-bye, Mr. Benny. Hot tip. Russian guy with electric bill is too high. Perform smoke bomb robbery. Pose as a whale song informant. Bluff at speaking whale. Pocket 5,000 and impress your pencil-pushing boss. Murdered by KGB agent for speaking whale wrong. Shot by KGB for giving fake code name Whitecap. Once this heats up, this actual spy stuff, when he's trying to infiltrate this KGB hideout, it's pretty cool. Keep your eye on my money while I'm under the... This is probably my favorite part. Didn't you like this? It got kind of fun. You know, we've been I've been trashing this book like I guess I do because I'm a bad person. <laughs> but I did have some fun reading it. Spy Adventure on a Little Kid Spy Adventure. Kind of fun. Hand me that chisel. I'm going to do this the hard way. You have a goal to infiltrate this house. Yeah, tell them about this mission, Brian. When you get off the plane in New York, you are met by a courier with a note from Obard. We think Double Eye is a man named Ivan Avenko, but we don't know how to prove it. For the past three months, only a few people have ever entered or left his 73rd Street Brownstone house. Yet a lot must go on there because Consa- <laughs> because Consolidated Edison reports billing Avenko over $7,500 each month just for electricity. We have a hunch the whale song tape is in that house. Get it. You have to think of a way to get into Avanko's house. You could pretend to be willing to sell him information about the whale songs. You know enough so that you could probably convince him you were worth talking to. Or you might try a somewhat more unorthodox method, firing your Mark MX high intensity smoke bomb into an open window. Um. <laughs> the Mark MX bomb emits dense synthetic smoke, which drives occupants out of a building. In the confusion, it should be fairly easy to get inside. If you try to gain entrance by posing as an informant, turn to page 64. If you try to gain entrance by using the Mark MX smoke bomb, 
turn to page 66. That's a pretty solid choice there, Bill, don't you think? I had a hard time choosing because um, I feel like it's a... Grandma! As a trained spy, I'm not going to fear danger and death yeah. in the same way, you know, as, as like, you know, the, the coward that is me in real life. So, treaties, treaties. man, that's ballsy going right up to the front door and it? just, I'm a, you know, trip. I'm a, you know, trip saying you're going to betray your country, betray the whales. And uh, <laughs> also, there's always the danger in these situations that makes me nervous yeah. of the people that love you. For example, whales or the CIA, not knowing that you're doing this up to this shenanigan. Yeah, of course. So you could screw yourself here by looking like if things go the wrong direction, and now you have to say, No, no, I was just pretending to betray my yeah, country and the yeah. whales. And they're like, No, sorry. And you could be a persona non grata, like real quick here. Mm -hmm. The Jello program starring Phil Harris with Mary Livingston, Mahatma Gandhi, George Bernard Shaw, and yours truly, Lady Godiva. <laughs> Tape, you're gonna you're gonna play it for me. I thought this was an easy decision for me. I smoke bomb the hell out of that place. Smoke bomb, absolutely. <laughs> Is that what you chose? Yeah. I thought the posing it as an informant was hilarious, just because you're like basically walking up to these guys, and it's just like a Three Stooges setup. <laughs> And at this point, in this choose-your-own-adventure uh, section of the book or whatever, mm -hmm. this path, yeah. you don't know what the whales are up to. Yeah. You don't know what this missing scientist is up to. Yeah, you, don't you don't know, know why, you're, why you're employed. I want to go up and ask him, like, hey, I got your bill the other day. It came to my house. I, I just want to know, do you guys have got like, a cool... <laughs> Russian man cave down there? He was, you want to check... Hey, could I check out your hi-fi? Are you blessed? I heard I heard more than a feeling playing. <laughs> Do you have those the, uh, Rockman amp? <laughs> hey, I know we're in Boston. Oh shit, that's close, close enough. I know we're in the close to the eastern seaboard. <laughs> You're right, relatively in, we're in the eastern hemisphere. That's is close enough. We were just a little band out of thought. We were just There's a no little band out of thought. You know that one? Boston. <laughs> Hello again. Oh man, yeah. So you, the, you smoke the place out. You have a great adventure. You break in, and um... you notice that a second-story window of the brownstone is wide open. <gasps> you don't even have to break any glass. You take your portable launcher out of your dispatch case, insert a tiny explosive charge, take aim, and fire. Almost immediately, smoke begins to billow out of the window. You know that the Mark MX synthetic smoke will spread rapidly throughout the house. You observe from a few steps away. In a moment, a window opens, then the front door. Smoke is billowing out, as if the whole house were on fire. You see a man dressed in a black suit come running out. He looks around nervously. Then a tall woman with frizzy blonde hair follows. A fat, bald man comes out. Then a barrel-chested thug dressed in a sweatsuit. Everyone is looking down the street. Fire engines are already approaching. A crowd begins to gather. You put on your smoke mask and slip inside the house. With your yellow beam light, you are able to make your way upstairs where the smoke is already clearing up. You throw another bomb down the stairs to delay anyone from entering. Then you look around on the second floor. It is divided into two large rooms. One of them is filled with electronic equipment. It takes you only a couple of minutes to find the tape player and the tape itself. But when you reach the hall again, you see a sweat-suited thug coming up the stairs. I'll get you, he cries. You whirl around a corner and run up the next flight of stairs, clutching the tape at your side. You throw open a door and step out onto the roof. You look over the edge. It's three stories down to the pavement, but there is a huge pile of garbage bags in the alley. A shot rings out. You don't have time to think. You jump. You land in the heap of garbage, shaken, but with no broken bones. You climb down and run out of the alley into the street. There is a taxi nearby, and you throw open the door and dive inside. Keeping very low, you tell the driver to take you to LaGuardia Airport. Three hours later, you are seated once again in Auburn's office in Washington. 
Good work, he says. You got the tape and the information needed for us to break up the biggest spy ring in the country. The end. Fuck yeah. What? <laughs> this section? It's so action-packed. Yeah. It really is a dense section of action. A lot of this is parceled out in, in just little minuscule amounts of when, when shit happens. Just, oh my goodness, look at this white fur all over. This is a lot of people running around. There's this clown car action of all these Russian spies <laughs> like tracksuits, <laughs> barrel-chested, sweat-suited thugs. Isn't that fucking awesome? Didn't you like that? I almost felt for a brief moment here, Brian, like I was reading a book. You're absolutely, absolutely right. right. And I love that one of them comes in, there's electricity, there's excitement, smoking. And I like the fact, too, that you throw another smoke bomb down the stairs. Like, one isn't even enough. I'm just going to, you yeah. know, more shit. There's fire trucks coming in the distance. There is a lot happening. There's a lot of tension in the, uh, in the other pathway you take where you have to go in and bluff at speaking whale. Yeah. I was on, I was like nervous. It's it's a really nerve-wracking situation. So you too. finally meet this double eye that's been talked about in this whole book. You finally meet this yeah. double eye, and he, he's of course like a fat, old, kick-ass, evil KGB Russian dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, um, you know, I love that he has a mahogany desk. Oh, uh, that's yeah. just a nice little. In in the illustration too, he's got this. He has nothing on his desk but a a, a lamp that's taller, you know, than him. It's like a man-sized lamp, and he's got a, a dipping quill with no pen and a little little figurine. You see that with the Russian emblem? Yeah, he's got a hammer and sickle, like paperweight. It almost looks like a little Christmas ornament or a little bell, like a, a dinner bell. bell. Yeah. Just to make sure you know this guy is authentically Russian. They'll never make it. <laughs> they ask you what your code name is. Yeah. This guy you made, you're surrounded, guns pointed at you. Let me let me out of this chair. What are you what are you, what are you gonna do, you know? If you trust me, you will state your code name. If you give a fake name, you will be liquidated. If you give your true name, I will place $10,000 in your hands. The premise is so stupid. Then you will tell us the meaning of the new whale song. The precise meaning. Incidentally, we already know your code name. So, you have nothing to lose by revealing it. You know, if they know your code name, don't they also understand that you don't know shit about anything? Yeah. You know, if they know that much, don't they know that, how clueless you are? Your, your code name is the only thing you know. Yeah, exactly. That is the only piece of information you have about what you're doing. Hand me that crowbar. I'm not getting anywhere with this chisel. Tell you in the beginning your code name is Jonah. That's all you need to know. Okay. And that's all you know. That's all you need to know. And that's all you know. That's all I need. So if you say, call me Jonah, you turn one page. If you make up a fake code name. And then you have to bluff at speaking whale. Yeah. And that's, Brian, I'd just like to hear right now. I'm just going to give you some whale. I'm going to think. Really hard, all right? So I'm gonna try to transmit to you what I'm thinking. I just want you to guess what I might be, you know, when I just bluff your way. If you're you're sitting in front of the KGB, people with guns aimed at you, right? Yeah. And you have to like, just interpret what I'm doing. Okay, and I'll tell you, I'm writing down the answer right now. Hold on, writing down the answer.
Yeah, bluffing at speaking whale. It's not Looking. easy. It's not. Especially when no one else speaks whale. <laughs> and then they just probably want to shoot you anyway. And which they do. Rightly so. Uh, well, whatever. You know what I thought would have been an interesting change in that other ending? When you finally get out of the burning building and you get into that cab and you go in the airport? What if it was the Roger Ebert hamburger guy as the cab driver? Oh, impossible. <laughs> no, not you. Yeah, he's, he gets around. Yeah. Or if you finally got back to Obard and he's like, Fucking I'm fucking double R. <laughs> what if like, yeah, you you walk into like this room, right? It's like all the characters of the book, like, you know, you got Obard, <laughs> you got Dr. Dumont, you got the president. You, yeah, yeah. Renata Cronini, the yeah, Italian babe. Your, your life is flashing before your eyes. This, flashing before your the eyes. The schooner guy. Yeah. Everybody's in there. And you all at the same time, it's like if you're double I, step forward. Uh -huh. And everyone Everyone's takes there. one step forward. And so, yeah. And then you have to reveal the double I tattoo on your chest. So everyone takes their shirts off and they all have a double I tattoo. You're all double I simultaneously. And then you start going, mm hmm. You know what I mean? And then the whale just mysteriously just jumps over you all as you just like, you know, and you're hanging out in that cavern all together. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like the Superman 2 kind of thing. Maybe like the Bruce Lee kind of Enter the Dragon where all the mirrors are there. And Michael Jackson is the Jackson 5 and they're doing their, you know what I mean? The Jackson 5. Mikael Jackson. Double agent, double agent, Mikael Jackson. The wheel jumps over a mahogany desk with a little oh, hammer yeah. sickle on there and it blows up into a firework. Karl Marx explodes out of the volcano. He's just like, <laughs> I was wrong about some things, but right about others. Ivan Drago punches a Care Bear in the stomach. Oh. Everything just explodes and... It's, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Missed opportunity, as you would say. Yeah, absolutely. Visit British Spy and Hospital. Broken rib, MI6 dude. Sick MI6 dude was a double agent, huh? Okay, bad guys, rub-a-dub dubbing in a raft. At your mercy. Shot by KGB. Boat chase. Escape submarine. Swim for the beach. Current vector boy scout puzzle. Saved by inspirational whale song. Drown. Rescued by whale. Saved by whale words. So much whale. Gratuitous violent overkill. Submarine hit and run. Submarine backs over your body. Brad Johnson never heard a whale song in his fucking life. <laughs> That's right. One thing I got away from there. Oh my god. We're at the end here, Brian. This is um, kind of like the last section of the book. This is where the whales come to your aid and your rescue and possibly your demise. You're running from nuclear submarines. Eh, they're not nuclear submarines. Actually, they're just whale song chasing submarines. Kind of stupid. The stakes are pretty low. It's very underwhelming. Low, underwhelming stakes. <laughs> you don't even get to go underwater at any point in this book. You don't even get on a submarine. No. Where am I? Pandas and things like that that just, you know, are naturally cuddly and communicate. What am I doing in this cave? Whales have these whale songs. Who's that coming toward me? But it's kind of like a little too little. Too late. These yeah. whales come out. It's too it's really, little, too late. Really too much. late. Your guy. I, 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 I know your guy. I don't know if they're going to give him, like. I. I, 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 I was drowning on a beach once when I was a kid, and I saw this whale out of the corner of my eye, and then I breathed again. It's just all like a day at the office for him. Oh, Michael, your day is cold. There's just nothing for him in this. He has would have the same emotional involvement if he was like watching a PowerPoint presentation on sexual harassment in the workplace. <laughs> he, just, he is just about as involved. Watching the cleaning leave vacuum. I 
feel like the premise to this section is not worth setting up because we've heard this premise over and over again. That's right, uh, Brian. It seems like there's a lot of... So you go to this hospital and he has broken ribs. He's like, thank God you're here. Go get the Russians, like I said. Go get the tape before it gets on the sub, lighthouse, blah, blah, blah. So I have an analogy here, Brian, for to describe the madness of this. All right. So, Brian. What? You have $1 million in gold sitting in your house. I'm imagining your old childhood home for some okay, reason, all right? Okay. So you have $1 million in gold sitting yep. there. And you've been thinking, I, you know what, this is a lot of gold sitting in my house. So tomorrow, you've arranged to have an armored car come, pick up the gold, That's and right, put Brian. it in a safe deposit box at the bank. Brad Johnson does a good idea. Really good idea. You don't want all this gold sitting in your house. Great idea. Then you get crazy. You decide to break all of your own ribs <laughs> and go to the hospital. From your hospital bed, you call up a renowned bank robber and ask him to come to your bedside. When he arrives, you tell him where the gold is, how much, the make and model of the car carrying it, the car's route, your social security number, and the estimated time of arrival of this gold to the armored car to the bank. Lay it all out, everything you need to know. Little does the bank robber know, you've hired two guards to watch out for a bank robber. That I might be sending your way. I've been waiting a long time for this. Here's, 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 a, here's an, an idea. idea. How about never break your own ribs <laughs> and never call up the bank robber? Just put the gold on the freaking armored car. Never tell anyone. Why is this double agent calling you to tell you where the whale song tape is and when it's going to get on this sub and then, like, Never Just tell anyone. Send him to Walmart. Don't even send him any. Don't call him. Don't send him at all. Don't tell him at all. The only reason it happens is because... Yeah. Never tell anyone. Something needs to happen to fill these pages. What are you doing with that razor? Just all I could hear is cha-ching. <laughs> man, just a craven act of capitalism by our hero, Edward Packard, here. I feel like this might have been the collaboration book he and R.A. Montgomery did, because so? this is a piece I, of I still think there would be more, more, more chaos. More, more chaos. What reeks of R.A. Montgomery is the bad plotting and the terrible descriptions of all these, like, boats and cars and all the extra, you know what I mean? There's so much <laughs> shit with boats and houses. We're not that These KGB agents are on a raft for some reason. Yeah. And you're watching them from a dock. I'll give you a new tuxedo. I'll give you anything you want. You're a fucking secret agent, probably trained marksman, you would think. You take two shots at these guys, miss wildly, <laughs> and they shoot you immediately. I really think you're a terrible agent. I think you were <laughs> that they trusted with the stupidest task that they could. You prove that you suck again and again. Yeah. If you elect not to fail horribly as a marksman, and you go and take this boat, you're in the water with three hostages. Yeah. These aren't claws, Rochester. These are my fingernails. It, it, it's even telling you how difficult it is to steer this boat, to consult your charts, and to watch your prisoners. Ain't no use scratching. Pull in those long claws. You would never. Would, would, would kick your ass in the first five minutes. Why don't you tie these guys exactly. up? Why can't you tie Why them do you up? You need them. Dump them in the water. Take them alive. Fuck that. I'm gonna carve you up and have you for Thanksgiving dinner. You can keep them alive by not having them captive uh, on a raft. Who does? It's like, oh my god, where am I going? Oh shit, are they looking? Oh my god, it's, it's ridiculous. But in this section, he calls the sea the lumpy sea. Oh, okay, why <laughs> yeah. not? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think he says murky afternoon. I, I can't remember, but that's the mark of it. <laughs> you yeah. might not think a lumpy sea is a very beautiful image, but, but at, at least, least he's trying. <laughs> right, it's the app, you're right. For the last time, get away from me. I love what you said about him possibly. It's, it's like a vision of madness. Them just giving him this job just to get him out of their hair. And like, what if, what if this agent is actually like the, the child of the president's bastard child? 
007 career counseling from a frightened widow. Your code name is Jonah. Uh, there's this uh, really, really important. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so important. There's a missing scientist, you know. And really, what he's you've got Billy Carter. Yeah. yeah. There's a fish for you. Out. Very good. Perfect. And he just pulls out, you know, the police blotter, you know, mm -hmm. just like just crimes. He's like, oh, there's a, yeah. you know, there's a house that, uh, oh my God, this house got broken into. I need, I need you. I need my best guy to go fly down on this all expenses pay trip. Awesome. Take a Ferrari and I need you to go down to like Waco, <laughs> Texas or some shit. You know what I mean? Take your time, investigate, find out if this guy really broke into that house because this could be an issue of national security uh mr carter agent carter i mean wink wink jonah billy Shh. billy over here over here yeah over exactly <laughs> that's the only explanation for how stupid this is how can i laugh i'm a poached egg instead of you are a clever american spy <laughs> you billy carter and like, what if all these people are just paid <laughs> actors to like be part of this part? It's That's like why nobody. Show. Hey, what are you talking about? Where are you? Billy Carter. Billy Carter. And I think the reason he gets shot in all of these <laughs> is because they want to take. Like eventually, you know, these people. It's are like, a way to take. It's him a way to out. take him out. Oh my tooth. Jimmy is like, you need to take out my, you need to find a way to kill my, I don't want my hands on this, the president doesn't know, I need plausible deniability, will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest, <laughs> my brother, Billy Carter. Dr. Allen, you'll never get the tooth out that way, you'll have to use dynamite. They're going through the, the Castro book. Oh, shit, we never did that one with the exploding cigars. <laughs> all, these yeah. all these convoluted plots. Oh, oh, yeah. oh shit, here, 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 shit, yeah. here, here's one, yeah. Dynamite is so messy, Mrs. Day. Hand me my machine gun. Like a Homer Simpson, so they just can't kill him. Like they try and they yeah, can't. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you go to Boston? That's where now there's a new thing happening in Boston. This this whale thing is just really taking the country. He didn't die in Boston, really? What happened? Why didn't you just kill him? No, no. Why? I didn't even give him a loaded gun. He doesn't even know how to shoot a gun. Just kill him. He landed in the fucking garbage? Oh, my God. I can't, I can't believe this. Yeah. You can't do this to me! Billy Carter, what are you doing in the Dunbar Hotel? You need to go to Halifax. Now! Uh-huh. You say. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so how about these whales, Brian? This is the star of the show of this book. Wow. It's the biggest... Let down. ...thing pictured on the cover of this book besides the scientist's chin. <laughs> Um, um, I forgot to mention, I thought that was cool that he had a, well, now that I say it, it's not that cool that he had a crystal <laughs> bowl in his office or a crystal ashtray or something like that. I'm a polar bear. Don't you love animals? So these whales save you. kind of, you try to take over this Russian submarine that is stealing this tape of the whale. Who gives a fuck song? <laughs> These whale songs. These whale songs. These whale songs, Brian. Comrade, comrade Brian. Your face. It's making you talk. It's all over, Mr. Benny. That didn't hurt now, did it? Uh. <laughs> um. Hurt. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yes. We've moved in this office five months ago. Really? I've been putting my check at the old place. We get your check. You really? You're never going to tell us. How long have you guys been in here? Almost half a year. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Calm down, Mr. Benny. You were just dreaming. Dreaming. We are invisible birds. We have been watching you the whole time. We, we have fire. <laughs> yeah, we dropped the fire we from dropped the, the sky. fire from sky. Isn't that phenomenal? <laughs> In Soviet Russia. Bird, bird drop fire on you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> drop fire on birds. <laughs> like a normal way. Oh, yes, you gave me gas. I certainly did. Dying to tell you about this. He's like in the rain. He's on his knees. God damn you, pumpkin head! And I, you know, hadn't seen it for a long time. I got the movie. I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait for this. Bath. He never says that at all. I don't know what I was thinking. He never says that. What does he say? I don't know.
Yeah, he doesn't say that. I don't think he says anything. <laughs> Dying to tell you about this. There is uh, this bird that they um, that they found, or, or I guess the you know the Aborigines in Australia have known this for a long time. They're just starting to study this or see this as a phenomenon. It's this bird. I don't know if they call them firebirds or something like that, or they have some some name for them collectively. They've seen that these birds in Australia. They'll take smoldering embers from fires, like brush fires. They'll pick them up and carry these burning sticks, and they'll fly away, and they'll drop them in sagebrush. And when all of these animals run, they have this feeding frenzy. Cool! So they're saying that these birds have, like, evolved to use fire to hunt. Isn't that amazing? Oh, we are so fucked. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's where these forest fires are coming from. They're birds. Kill all the birds, Brian. I've been saying it for years. Kill the birds. Or they're going to burn us alive. Oh my god. Alright. You can't even catch them. They're way up there. <laughs> they have beaks, they have talons, they have fire. <laughs> this sounds terrifying. Does. Have you ever been to Australia? Oh, but not I never will now. <laughs> well, don't go now. I have a bad tooth. Yeah. Oh shit. I thought that was so awesome. That's that like is awesome. Battle cat from He-Man or Thundercats. They adapt these things and give them armor. Oh, this thing can use a, yeah. like a laser cannon out of its eye or something like that. This is real shit. These are real birds dropping flame. Really a miracle that I can be funny tonight. And having feeding, they actually use that term, feeding frenzy. Awesome. Not just, not just like, oh, I'm gonna pick off one here, or like an, oh, that's an accident. Like, bah, bah, bah. No, they're all like in on it, all collectively. It was such a brilliant remark. This is like the Reagan thing. Where like the human hmm. race is gonna be united if aliens attack? What if oh, all yeah. it took was birds with fire? <laughs> which is all problems over, all national borders disappear, black and white getting along, everybody just having potluck dinners all the frickin' time, just birds attacking. All we had to do was like wipe out all the birds, and then we're just one big frickin' happy human family. Living together, humans and whales, joining yeah. together to attack the birds. Now how would you combat uh, you know, birds using flames. Because I would almost think you would use, you know, like water. But part of me thinks you would just use more fire, wouldn't you think? <laughs> you know, like everybody's got these flamethrowers just pointing in the sky. I don't know. Why, I don't know why that seems to make sense. You know, fight fire with fire. I guess. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, we are so fucked. We are not going to be able to defeat these birds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think we're not gonna win this war. It's 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 gonna be a coin toss. You know, and they're doing the like the classic businessman thing: do one thing and do it well. Yeah, We've right. Got fire, and we're just, we're all just running around. Let's like, try water. Let's try fire. How about nuke them? Let's nuke the sky. You can't nuke the sky. Stop it! I don't know. He panicked and nuked the sky. Where's the nest? Yeah. Well, the nest would have to be on Earth. Are you sure? It would be a terrestrial. What if they could have like hovering That's what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus <laughs> All Christ. the rules are just gone out the window. We don't even know. Floating nests? Could be anything. I mean, other animals could be in on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, with this migration stuff, we don't know. Like, I mean, that's one of the least studied things in, in like. Mm -hmm. That does look pretty bad. Like migrating, it's just not understood how it actually, you know, how it actually, why? Um, so they could be going all kinds of crazy places. They could be going to the freaking moon. We don't know. They could be turning invisible, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You don't know. They can use fire. Anything's possible. There's probably one person. There's one right now. Right up on the thing. Watching us do this. They're like, they've learned the fire with fire trick. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so these whales rescue you, but the funniest whale rescue this guy is uh, th where you don't get rescued by the whales, but by their song inspires you to swim harder. And so I'd like to read this, Brian, if I may. I'm going to try to not run this in, read this in my bad Russian accent. Okay. You swim as hard as you can directly toward the beach. You make good progress, but the current is sweeping you faster and faster toward the point. If you can't touch bottom before you pass the point, you won't stand a chance. Now your arms feel like lead weights. Numb with cold, you struggle on a few moments, then feel yourself slipping beneath the wave. Whoop. 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 Eerie and beautiful sounds reach your ears, bringing you to life. Dimly, you 
realized you are hearing the song of a humpback whale. In a moment, other whales join in singing the new whale song. At the same time, you feel a surge of energy throughout your body coupled with an overwhelming urge to live. You start swimming again, faster. In a few moments, you are close to the point. The current is sweeping you past it. You try to touch, and for a second, you feel the sand brushing against your toes. You stroke furiously. Suddenly, you are standing, still fighting the current. You wade ashore and drop exhausted on the sand. A moment later, looking out over the misty sea, you see a spout of water, then another further away. You hold up your hand up and salute. Do the whales know that their song gave you the strength to make it to the shore? Somehow, you feel sure of it. The end. God, is that dumb! Uh, call me a cynic, but in my mind, you hold your hand up and raise your middle finger. Then here's your tune. It's a beauty, isn't it? Like the River Jordan. <laughs> Something, something, I will be there. You're free willian, a decade before free willy. Holding your hand up, not sure if the whale's jumping over. That whale is like, fuck you, man. My too? Yes, you mind if I keep it, I'm an elk, you know. So much more satis <laughs> satisfying ending. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Submarine. Absolutely. So much more true to life. <laughs> runs over your body and fucking face faced it and backs up over you to make sure <laughs> you're dead. That you are a puddle. That you are smother. You're a smear in the water. Your code name is bloody fucking puddle. That's right. Oh, that's perfectly all right. Yeah. I was like. Whoa. Make sure to try Wolf's Bakery's delicious lemon fluff cake. Wolf's Bakery has been serving delicious lemon fluff cake since 1939. A light, airy lemon chiffon cake with a whipped custard filling and icing. Wolf's Bakery lemon fluff. Taste it before you die. All right, here, thanks Wolf's Bakery, and here are our oh violent deaths. Watch it! Watch it! Short by KGB. Viral pneumonia. Short by KGB. Short by KGB. Short by KGB. Short by KGB. Drown. Hit and run by submarine. Short by KGB. Short by KGB. Thank you, Wolf's Bakery. Well, I feel much better now. You get shot by KGB a lot. Yeah. I think I I think I counted uh two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven here, I know there's more. <laughs> Change up. Can't, can't they, like, you know, garret you once or electrocute you or something like that? You're in the water half the damn time. Can't, like, a, a whale? Well, they wouldn't have the whale kill you. Getting killed in interesting ways is a hallmark of the Bond universe, especially in 1980. Yeah, the idea absolutely. of, like, a spy adventure for kids. Mm -hmm. At this, you could write really violent crap. I mean, you're dying all the time. It's not like you're trying not to be violent. Last book, Chimney Rock. You know, totally different setting, but think about how many different ways. How is this the it's same the writer? Same. How is it the same guy? It's not. This is not <laughs> Edward Packard. I refuse to believe that my Edward Packard wrote this piece of crap. But again, the only other thing I can think about is that R.A. Montgomery would have had these stupid... Woo! Remember that movie Space Camp? I felt like a dolphin. Thing in, in like... Uh, I mean, what if it's Edward Packard's notes and R.A. has to finish it or something? This book was written in like... 48 hours. Because of the whole family's enthusiasm. Yeah. I think they had a quick bam, 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 typewriter. You know, there were some typos in this book. Did you notice that in one of the endings? Oh. Investigating the letter. Pineapple, strawberry, whip. It's oh. like you're about to get shot by the Russians all of a sudden. Like, I was in the White House. Like, <laughs> now this guy's going to shoot me. And for a second there, I thought, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is maybe, maybe you go back to that Vermont ski lodge in a panic. Yeah. These... Like, R.A. and Edward are calling up D-Termin, like, quickly. And they're like, D. What do you got? What do you got? You had this whale thing going on in this other book. We need ideas. We need them fast. We need... How fast can you type? Can you get somebody down here who can type 120 like words a minute? endings now. Yeah. Like, yesterday. Yeah. It's literally... 
it being typeset as we speak. We need ending. This thing is hot. We are making money hand over fist. These, uh, you know, these libraries are contacting us. I got some kind of bullshit math I'm throwing in here. I'm t I've lied to like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've sold my soul. I've lied to like 800 school districts across the country. My wife calling them up saying, yeah, these books have math. I got to get math in here. The I guy from Boston's in my backyard <laughs> loading shit into my- Boston of Yeah. I need help. What's a computer? <laughs> Please, tell me. You're one thing, it's as easy as can be. You walk down the hallway, you open a door, and you're and you're nude. Funny, because that's an ending that every boy reading this world. Don't you think? You loved getting nuked in the Anything 80s. Simply dissolve one packet. Remember in the Simpsons when when Nelson had to nuke the whales? Like, gotta nuke something, right? Huh? Well, touche. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's so good. Save the whales? Save the whales. Yeah. Insane. Anything, like, whale-related has got an element of zaniness to it. As you said in one of our previous episodes, and it's in, stuck in my head forever, something like, whales were red hot in the 80s, or whales were red hot in the 90s, or something. It's true. Inexplicably, yeah. I don't know why. This was the... Most important issue of this era. Of the day, yeah. And a pint of hot water. <laughs> what has happened in the meantime? Panda bears are just fucking cuter, Bill. Yeah. I mean, did you read it? I read, I did some whale reading for this. I read up on whales. I read the Wikipedia I whole thing on our whales. whale info. Sounds like, you know, they're, they're still incredibly endangered by global climate change and stuff, but they've made a huge comeback and they're, you know, doing way better than they were around the time. That's right. There were, you know, there was like very few whales left on earth and then we brought them back by banning a lot of whale stuff. And yeah, this book yeah. probably had a lot to do with that. Thank you. Thank you, Edward. You probably. saved the whales. And then you know what happened? All these birds started learning how to drop fire <laughs> on them. Right down that blowhole with that flaming stick. You took your eyes off the ball. Covered in whale particles. Oh, man. You think the whales are talking to the birds and like, listen, we're going to distract them. We're going to pretend to be dead. We're going to hide really hard. And we're, we got, we're talking. You know what I mean? They, we figured out their language. We know all their stuff. You know? They got the plan. Gonna make him feel real sorry for us. Oh, look at me, I'm a stupid human. Is that whale crying? <laughs> oh, there's only a few of us left. Oh, I hope <laughs> someone comes and saves us and ignores the birds learning to use fire. Oh. Then chill until cold and syrupy. Any epitaph for humanity? Next, place it in a bowl of cracked ice or ice water. Worse than space and beyond, or is it almost... Space and Beyond, it's so beyond terrible that it's... It's its own I thing, right? Yeah, I would almost I mean, rather read that. Your Desert Island is just convenient to, to Gotta do up. the Desert Island. Which book would you rather read? Space and Beyond. It was fucked. I think I'd laugh more. Yeah. You know, I think of Murma from time to time. <laughs> fondly. You know, I'm never going to think about probably this book after... And whip with a rotary egg beater until it becomes light and fluffy. So I'm thinking Chimney Rock number one so far. The best yeah, one. I think so. I think, uh... By Balloon to the Sahara's second. That was solid, yeah, absolutely. Finally, just before molding it, fold in one cup of canned crushed pineapple. Yeah, it's Space good. and Beyond, I think it should just be in its own category like that. But this was a little painful to for me to read this book, especially because I love Edward Packard so much. So it was like, maybe I, if I had lower expectations going in, maybe I would have just been like, just go, been along for the ride. I'd be like, well, this is a dumb, mm -hmm. dumb children's book that isn't that well thought out. I'm just going to enjoy it. But I just felt physical pain it, at like how bad this plot was. It was shocking to see how easily it unraveled. It's downright thrilling the way those golden tidbits of juicy pineapple complement the rich ruby goodness of strawberry jello. Have you ever started off on the wrong foot yeah. and just kept going or like were contractually obligated to continue with a bad idea? I think that's just what happened to him. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It, I want to take back all of the emotional verbal, psychological, mental venom I've thrown at Edward for this book. You're right. Because if you went over the course of my life and all of the bad ideas that I've had and any of them had been made public, yeah. it would be horrible. And uh, I think every job I've ever had has been like that. Just a horrible, horrible thing that I don't want to be doing. And I'm just in it and I have to keep doing it. And I think that's what this book was. Just a job. Just a paycheck and nothing more. That's all this is to you. It's just a paycheck, isn't it? Mike? Yeah. Your, your code name is Paycheck. Mmm. Ouch. Roasted. Ow. 
How can he ever come back from that? And you can bet that everybody will want this colorful, striking dessert repeated by popular request many times. So what's up next, Bill? According according to my copy of... This is the last in the print. There is no next one. Oh, you have the first. Yeah, like an I original an copy. edition here. Uh, number seven, The Third Planet from Altair by Edward Packard. I can tell you from uh, doing some uh, reading a couple months ago, this is might be one of the classics of Choose Your Own Adventures, uh, and there is a, a, a science fiction writer who credits this book as seminal for his kind of view of science fiction, huh. I think. So it's a, I think it's a unique book. Is um, it R.A. Montgomery? No, it's Edward Packer. No, is R.A. Montgomery the writer that oh. was inspired by this? <laughs> oh, shit. This is sci-fi. Yeah, I don't know. But I was just impressed that anyone had even name-checked one of these Choose Your Own Adventure books as influential to them in any way. Awesome, that's so very that, cool, yeah. So it could be horrible, and this guy that I'm name-checking could be a horrible writer. <laughs> yeah, but I don't freaking know, but someone thought this book was worth reading. <laughs> All right. This might be, yeah, R.A. Montgomery or Edward Packard's son or his mom. I don't know. Listen, let's just stay tuned. This cool. could be a good one. I'm excited. So ask your girls tomorrow for some strawberry jello. I can't wait to get into another one of these. And Edward Packard in space? Sounds cool. And tomorrow night when the family gather around the dinner table. You know, we forgot to say at the opening that we were broadcasting live from, uh, I, I don't know how many, 20,000 leagues under the sea in a passage underneath Greenland. That's true. In a, in a sunken volcano. Yeah, sunken volcano, abandoned KGB base uh, with an awesome hi-fi. Oh, the <laughs> echo in this cave. And I have a feeling right now, and I would say it's more than a feeling, Brian. <laughs> That we're going to be back doing Choose Your Adventure number seven. Live from space. Yeah, live from space next week. Well, I think that'll about wrap it up. Make sure to follow us uh, on Facebook at uh, Reading Roulette Podcast. As always, write us Twitter. Shoot us an email, readingroulette.podcast at gmail.com. For Reading Roulette, I'm Bill Lyon. And I am Brian Ward. Reading program is a new series. Uh, before we say goodnight, I would like to remind you of goodnight, folks. Oh. Here's news. Every Tuesday night, the Aldrich family is on the air, starring Ezra Stone as Henry Aldrich, that lovable hard luck kid. Consult your local newspaper or radio guide from time... Favorite whale song? We'd love to hear it. Yeah, and if you're, uh, you know, what's his name from Boston... Please, right in, man. What else are you doing? What else are you doing? Come on. Deep fried tea.